Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. Good morning, folks. Here's how markets are looking like right now. And we've got U.S. stocks ending sharply higher overnight after the central bank kept its key policy interest rate unchanged as expected, but left the door open for potential future rate hikes. So looking at the benchmarks, we've got the Dow Jones Industrial Average up over 200 points or 0.7% at 33,275. The S&P 500 rose 1.1% to 4,238, so breaking above the 4,200 mark. And the Nasdaq Composite rose 1.6% to 13,061. So, four-day winning streak for the Nasdaq. For more insights, we're joined by Christina Hooper. She is the Chief Global Market Strategist at Invesco. Christina, thanks for joining us on the show today. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. All right, lots to talk about, Christina. Uh, let's start with what's at the top of the list, and we've got the Federal Reserve meeting. No changes as widely expected, but the Fed chair did leave the door open for rate hikes down the road. How dovish would you describe the latest meeting? I think it was quite dovish. Um, let's face it, Jay Powell still has to save face and suggest there is the potential for another rate hike. But the reality is there really isn't the potential for another rate hike because he recognizes full well that there are very significant lagged effects to monetary policy, that we haven't seen much of the impact uh, of the aggressive rate hikes that have been enacted so far. We haven't seen much of the impact on inflation and we haven't seen much of the impact on economic growth, although we're getting a taste of it. For example, we saw an ISM manufacturing PMI was that was a lot lower than it was expected. We also got during the course of the FOMC press conference, Atlanta GDP uh, now cast showed a much lower expectation for growth in the fourth quarter of 1.2% versus that very hot print for GDP in the third quarter. So all of this tells us the Fed is likely at the end, very likely mm. at the end of its rate hike cycle. Yeah, Fed Chair Jerome Powell did signal that a run-up in the long-term Treasury yields reduces the impetus to raise interest rates again. So you've got that to think about. You know, what's been playing out in the economy does support that narrative, but also the fact that maybe the impact could be lagged to some extent. So we'll have to see how that plays out for the economy as well. So in terms of implications, Christina, what's going to be the reaction when you look at stocks as well as the US dollar? So I think there will still be some level of volatility because there isn't certainty yet on Fed policy. Uh, While markets walked away today assuming there will be no more rate hikes, we could, for example, get a very hot jobs report on Friday that makes markets think there is the chance for another rate hike. Mm. And so I do think we're going to have volatility uh, based on the data. We also have the potential for more volatility because in a few weeks we could have a government shutdown again in the yeah. United States. Uh, so in general, so so in general, I think the bias is going to be upward after today's Fed meeting. Um, but but there is certainly the chance for volatility and some some downside risks there. Yeah, so you've got a lot in the mix, of course, what's playing out in the Middle East as well. Could be raising or supporting higher energy prices. How will that play out for the U.S. economy? Well, it all depends on how long higher energy costs last. 
let's assume that they don't last that long. Well, that needs, because it does take a significant amount of time for higher energy prices to filter into core inflation. So right now, the biggest impact higher energy prices have is on consumer spending. Uh, it tamps down the amount of disposable income available to spend on other things. And so you could argue, and I will argue, that that actually helps the Fed because the Fed wants to soften demand. And so higher gas prices, higher oil prices can help the Fed achieve its objective. Okay. And in terms of impact as well, I suppose companies will be watching very closely what consumers will be doing. And for some time, they've been under pressure from higher mortgage rates. No priorities may change as they try to service some of that debt and think about higher repayments. What do you think are the implications of the Federal Reserve's latest move and how that will play out for um, consumer spending as well as the earnings season? Oh, that's that's a big question. Let me start by saying that higher mortgage prices in, in particular are going to really slow housing demand. We've already seen a softening of prices in the housing market, um, which makes sense. Um, houses are not that dissimilar to bonds. Um, when rates go up, the value goes down. Um, and I think that's going to continue. But I actually don't think higher rates place as much pressure on U.S. consumers as mm. it places on consumers in other economies because so many of the mortgages in the United States, so many of the outstanding mortgages are fixed rate long-term mortgages. Mm. And they have uh, an average rate of well below 4%. So it's a very different environment than, for example, European consumers or Canadian consumers that are really feeling much more of an impact from higher rates. Now, that's not to say there isn't an impact. It's certainly going to be impacting autos. Uh, the cost of autos uh, has gone up because of, of financing costs increasing so much. So there's, there's certainly downward pressure being exerted on consumers. And uh, I would argue businesses, especially smaller businesses um, that, that haven't locked in uh, long-term uh, loans. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I think for many other countries, they're on floating rate packages. So that will have different implications for them. All right, looking at, I guess, market opportunities for investors to keep an eye out for going into the rest of the year and into 2024, what would you be keeping an eye on? Well, I'm certainly keeping my eye on China. Um, interestingly, uh, China has been a place of uh, both opportunity and disappointment for investors over the last several years, right? There were some surprises in terms of policy moves. Mm. Um, and I think there was some level of disappointment over a less than robust reopening um, once the Chinese economy uh, reopened at the end of last year. But having said that, what we've seen recently is targeted fiscal stimulus that is having an impact. We're already seeing that. It's improving sentiment. And given the announcement last week, we'll see more of the same. And I think that is going to be uh, creating that that will create some pretty significant upside potential uh, for Chinese stocks going forward. Now, how much conviction have you got going into China right now? Because as you mentioned, still quite way, some ways to go before it turns around, especially in the property sector. So what parts of China are you looking at a bit more closely? 
Um, well, I think there's a lot of excitement in Chinese technology names. Uh, so that's one area to focus on. Now, having said that, though, uh, I do believe in broad diversification. I think it's very important for investors to have allocations to not only the three major asset classes, um, but across regions and specific economies. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity in other parts of Asia as well as China. So the Indian stock market, um, mm. as, as well as Singapore, uh, Vietnam, um, there, there are just a lot of places where there's opportunity for different reasons and um, help to make a very well-diversified portfolio for investors. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, thought because um, with how rates have been going near 16-year highs, for example, the 10-year bonds, some folks have been asking, you know, is it time to move away from stocks because the uh, risk-reward ratio is changing? I think the time to ask about moving away from stocks was probably early in the rate hike cycle. I think now is the time to ask, do we have adequate exposure to equities? And do we have adequate exposure to fixed income out on the risk curve? Uh, so do we have adequate exposure to Asia EM bonds? Do we have adequate exposure to muni bonds, uh, U.S. muni bonds? They're attractive uh, and, and I think have historically performed well after the end of rate hike cycles. Uh, so I, I think this is a time actually for investors um, to look ahead mm -hmm. um, and anticipate a recovery uh, that could create a, a far greater global risk appetite uh, and, and really change the dynamics of, of performance in a lot of asset classes. All right, maybe time to review your portfolio. We've been chatting with Christina Hooper. She is the Chief Global Market Strategist at Invesco. Christina, it's been great chatting with you this morning. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. All right, looking forward to having you back on again. Stay with Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to the full interview, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.